Hey guys, welcome to Phoenix Mode and it's Nirvana. I want to talk about the song that's playing behind me, well the topic of it. It's called No Sharing by Telemann and it's such a beautiful song. But I wanted to um, kind of like disturb the belief that if you're in love with someone, they are not meant to be shared. Let's also kind of like contemplate and break down what sharing a person, a human means. Um, this is actually going to be really exciting for me because I'm I'm such an advocate for my youth um, being like open and <laughs> and almost single. And by single, I mean like completely my own and actually owning who I am in my youth. So. Hey guys, it's Nirvana and welcome to Phoenix Mode. So, um, driving back home, I was listening to the radio with my brother and uh, there was this beautiful song by Telemann that was playing and it was called No Sharing, I believe. So, wow, it's a beautiful song, but um, I couldn't help think about how our society's kind of conditioned itself to um, believe that love is an owning game, it's a slave game, a slave trade. <clears throat> I think um, we need to be very um, aware of how we choose to interpret love the word because um love is something that's accepted the term is is universal that term is a universal term that everyone accepts um and whatever we attach to that is what people will tend to entertain um and sometimes we we attach the things that don't mean what the term actually means does i hope that makes sense um so i was thinking about it and i was like why like no like why is this guy so caught why is this guy so caught up in not sharing someone like you you don't own anybody lime seven you don't own anybody you don't own anybody's interest if someone's interested in you great if they're not also great it's fine like um i think that people are so lonely it's like it's like a it's like a, a loneliness that kills it's like you're dying people it's like it's as if people are dying with their loneliness because um they want to control and they want to own and they're is like people aren't aware of the power of detachment and healthy detachment not something uh, not a state of mind or a state of being that sedates you from what's going on in your reality but a state of mind 
and a state of being that enable you to fully be where you are in the present moment and be with whoever you are with and learn whatever you need to learn from the experience that the two of you are sharing together understanding that you're both going to experience the those things differently maybe the same way but People are scared, and it's a scary thing. But once we delve into that realm of fearlessness and detachment, and honestly, a like of responsibility, because detachment requires the responsibility of being a custodian of ourselves, So we don't place that on the outside world, but we place that on the inside in ourselves. And all that energy that we put into ourselves translates into our reality. And that can happen in a vast number of ways. I think that manifestation is not... um, necessarily the rub the genie in the lamp and then get your three wishes you know it's it's not a case of like uh i wish for this and then boom bam bam through whatever then it appears and a lot of times it happens that the things that we think about unconsciously, we manifest in our lives. But now I'm talking about in terms of our desires, our goals, our, lo- our bigger goals. And um, I think that like we need to be aware that the world is so vast and we're not even aware of the processes that are happening in our body and the possibilities that could happen with us we don't you don't even do you know that you don't you when you were a kid you had no idea that you were gonna look the way you do so the process of manifestation is kind of like that where you know it's gonna happen but the how is just we don't know and we have to accept that there are multiple realities and we can't enable the reality to inform how we're going to feel inside Um, but I think that's the beauty of relationships because in essence we do enable In relationships, we do enable our realities to um, inform how we think and feel on the inside. Some may argue that we already thought and felt that way on the inside. And I guess the circumstance of relationship just reaffirmed how we felt on the inside. And I, I am leaning towards agreeing with that. And, f- 
and I am I'm leaning toward because I feel that to be true. It feels true, and <clears throat> um, I don't think that like you. <laughs> I don't think that you can fall in love with someone. I think that people inspire you to feel things that were already inside of you and I pray to God that we're able to awaken everything every bit of good in ourselves and we find if we're unable at the time to awaken those feelings those states of beings within ourselves and um because of how fast-paced things are a lot of things are fast-paced in the society we're seeing some of us don't even get the time to be alone but also there is at the same time a, a parallel where there's like people being conscious of how important it is to self-develop so yeah maybe maybe you will find ugh, but this is life i mean like people are inspirations to feeling and it's very interesting why the different types of people in our lives inspire us to feel and I think it's very important that we um, explore and contemplate those concepts because feelings are concepts <coughs> and they all deserve to be explored and to be discovered because those feelings um, are derived from a type of thinking, a whole mental paradigm. Like you have neurons that have solidified into thinking a certain way which inspire a certain feeling because you see a person or because you're in, a, in an energy field that is just not yours. So yeah, relationships are spiritual endeavors. And we inspire each other to feel. And maybe we, maybe that's not the intention, but um, you can't own anyone. And this whole no sharing thing, I have a problem with that because people are people. They're not necessarily like something that you can sell or buy there can be an exchange in order for the person to be there like maybe the the purpose of that person being there is because there's an exchange yeah but as far as owning people no as far as owning things that's an illusion thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed that bye bye Okay, hey guys, welcome to Phoenix Mode, it's Nirvana, and um, random thing, I'm sitting here with my cancer friends, cancer sun, did you say you're Vir you, you have a Virgo moon, Virgo moon, and um, I know it's Mars in Taurus. all my favorite star signs in one person <laughs> anyway so we're busy chilling here and i'm just thinking about 
um, like how people have managed to make fans out of the people that they love because of social media. Does that make sense? How people have managed to like make fans out of how people have been able to make fans out of pe- like your peers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like on the real, we need to stop, and I think a lot of people need to be awake to that fact. What is a fan? I I would think like in its purest form. A fan is someone that like is excited about your work, yeah, um, and willing to support your work. I would think, like in its absolute purest form, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that's not the word. Fans, not the word. People want to make worshippers out of their peers. And we're not. We're here to be human with you. And the fact that Beyonce's got so many fans. I mean, maybe some people worship her, but I think I think that the reason she is the way she is is because of safety. Like the the reason why she's so high profile because is because of like safety and things like that. But it's not a necessity if you're not at that level. Like you don't have to be so. Guardian, I don't. I don't even think she's guarded. It's just her system, yeah. her life systems worked out that way for her benefit. So when the rest of the world is just like on Twitter with your 8K followers, cool. But we're not your worshippers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, Hey guys, it's Nirvana again. Um, this is the second segment, or maybe the second episode. I <laughs> I'm not used to anchor that way. I'm not used to recording on my phone. Uh, welcome to Contemplations in Nirvana. So, in the first seven minutes, we were speaking a little bit about like the social backlash involved with calling things behaviors um out you know and yeah it's just shocking to me the amount of things that are uncomfortable to say just to say you know um the amounts of very subconscious programming like i'm i'm looking at my nieces and nephews we're south african um we're south african and most of traditional media is still operating the same way it was about 20 years ago with a few you know advancements here and there and the new coming of social media you know um but in essence social media is just like interconnectivity with everyone in the globe and i'm pretty sure people in their time in the 60s 70s 80s were getting together speaking about the same tv show and things like that and 
I'm looking at my nieces and nephews grow up and I'm looking at the things that they have to watch and, and, and things like that. And I get so concerned that they um, be exposed to the same things that I was growing up because so many of the traditional things, things that have been normalized uh, in our modern day media is so toxic. Uh, for example, the whole... the damsel in distress the disney princess complex where you grow up thinking that you're gonna find a prince charming at the tender age of seven (laughs) because that's when it started disney um so the disney princess complex at the tender age of seven you think that you're gonna find your prince charming and you guys are gonna get married and you know in actual fact it's all grooming now that i think about it you know i was being groomed at such a young age because what business does a seven-year-old have to such intensely complicated romantic stories like it doesn't make sense to me now thinking back like what business do i have and why is bold and the beautiful being shown at six o'clock y'all know two hours before i just got back home and i'm starting to relax as a seven-year-old girl like why is bold and the beautiful being played at that time cool everyone else yeah programming you know everyone else came back from work they just got home to relax blah blah kids are probably doing school work i'm like y'all knew what y'all y'all were doing okay the whole disney bold and the beautiful thing it's all the same whatsapp group and i have a problem with it because I have a problem with it because I've been struggling so much with this complex. I've been struggling so much with this idea of there's going to be a Prince Charming and he's coming. And he's coming for me. And this whole time, like from when I was a kid, I've been externalizing this idea of power and my life changing to a man. And that's not like, (laughs) yo, like the men that shown up, I'm just like, okay, this it (laughs) i'm like is this it how much how much tolerance do i need to give until the frog turns into a prince (laughs) how many kisses anyway i'm not trying to i'm not trying to i'm over that like i haven't seen someone in a while and by a while i'm saying like a month or two (laughs) i'm so funny okay so in other news um yeah now as i'm thinking since it's contemplations in nirvana as i'm thinking i'm thinking how do i then or how how did i begin the process of dismantling these constructs that live within me and you know it's very nice to use these words constructs the paradigm and you know it sounds fancy and i think i think for most of us we're over the romance of it and we we're just like about the thing and this is to me what's exciting about this is this is becoming everyday talk like speaking of paradigms and constructs and dismantling constructs you know (laughs) um uh, but yeah, how did I begin? Well, the beginning was very painful because the beginning began with heartbreak and continued heartbreak until I began to realize that um, I was losing more than the person I was dating 
or I was investing my time in or that I was crushing on. I was losing more than I could see because my whole life or most of my life, this escapism that I used for my problems or that teachers or my parents may have used to just like go watch that it's so sublime guys it is so sublime you know that escapism i escaped to it when i was a kid and then i found myself finding these intensely toxic dangerous romantic encounters to be love because i escaped to this idea of love when i was a kid and i'm realizing this now wow this is so deep this is deeper than i thought it would be (laughs) um but yeah escapism you know i read an article some weeks back one of my friends i think no 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 they didn't send it to me i just had a conversation with uh about it with them and it was speaking about addiction and how addiction is um it's not about the thing that you're addicted to it's it's about the way of doing things it's it's about the um you know this they say that certain people are more prone to being addicted to drugs escapist people which is very interesting and i think i check myself for that kind of behavior i check myself more than ever now because it's rough out yo you know like my phone is an easy escape my there are so many things that are easy escapes and you know sometimes i wonder this rat race i wonder if we're not running to escape something and i think we are like you know people who try to climb the ladder know how hard it is at the bottom but at the same time get to the top and then screw everyone at the bottom over because they were at the bottom at some point or they felt like they were at the bottom when what they should have done is dismantle the whole system and been like this is irrelevant (laughs) or rather just the people climbing could have just like let go and been like yo i think i'm a swim in the ocean it's okay the ocean got my back this tide's gonna drop me off at the shore i'll be completely okay um we try so hard to escape so many things i tweeted earlier that south africa protects the elite and i think everyone's trying to be elite whether it's in the way we dress or the way we speak or the way we look um or how many followers we have or who who we're hanging out with you know um it feels like we just protect this very elitist way of doing things and of course i completely understand that there are reasons for these barriers or these landmarks these career landmarks or social landmarks but and if we really think about it we do protect elitism 
in that we know we're striving to be elite because where we are isn't gaining us the respect that we want and that's 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 a tough fact right there that's a hard pull to swallow that you know your ego's been making you run up and down just so you can feel respected feel immune and that's something that's really something the background music is is not intentional it's just (laughs) super synchronistic okay so that was fun thank you so much for tuning in i love yous and i'll see you i mean you'll hear me next time on another episode of contemplations in nirvana